It was just kind of all introduction. And uh, did I miss anything else I was saying? Oh, I was saying this. On January the 29th of this year, uh, Susan and I transitioned from being senior pastors that we had been at our church for 30 years. We had been senior pastors at Southwest Harvest Church in Duncanville for 30 years. We were sent out of Church on the Rock in Rockwall 30 years ago. And we transitioned this year uh, out of being senior pastor into being uh, full-time as president of Church on the Rock Network of Ministers. And we have people come up and say, how are you enjoying retirement? Well, I haven't retired. It, as they say, not retired, I've refired. I'm kind of in a different, uh, I've taken a, a baton in my hand uh, of a different ministry. And now we're traveling uh, in our car, traveling uh, nationally. And literally we've got pastors around the world that we are going to do our best to minister to and to encourage. And uh, God has sent me here. This is the second time I preached since that time. I was in Texarkana last week, and uh, here we are in Beaumont. And God has sent me here to bring you a word of encouragement. That's why I'm here. I'm here to encourage you. Uh, and I, I want you to be encouraged. Something's good's going to happen in this place today. And God's got a word for you. As I said, you're not here by accident. You're here on purpose. And uh, something good is about to happen in your life. Uh, I'm going to share with you about a message. I've just entitled this, Anti-Fragile. You may have heard of the word anti-fragile. I never have. But I began to read a book by Nasheen Nicholas Talib. It's not a Christian book, but it has a lot of biblical principles in this book called Anti-Fragile. I never heard of that word. Didn't even know what that word was. But as I begin to read, I'm soaking and I'm stewing in it. And uh, just it, it's sinking into me. And I, I just picked up this book this week. And as I begin to read and God began to minister to me, uh, I really prepared something else that I was going to preach. But it just seemed as if the Lord said, no, this is the word for this Sunday. And uh, this is the the... Prophetically, this is the word that God wanted me to give to you. Are you ready to receive the word of God? Would you do something? How many of you got a Bible? You got a real Bible? How many of you got a phone Bible? Got your phone Bible? Okay. Lift up your phone Bible or lift up your real Bible. Uh, I, I love this right here. Uh, I didn't have phones when I was growing up. This is what we had to use, a real Bible with paper and everything. Uh, and so I, it's good to see everybody here has got your Bible. But can we make our... Confession right here. Let's do that right now. This is my Bible. It is the Word of God. I am what it says I am. I can do what it says I can do. Here today, I'm going to hear the Word of God. I'm going to believe the Word of God. I'm going to be changed by the Word of God. In Jesus' name, amen. Father, we thank you today for the power of your Word. Lord, I'm declaring today we're about to be changed. Lord, this is your word. And Lord, you said your word would not return void, but would accomplish where you're sending it. So Lord, send your word today into our heart. Change our lives for your glory in Jesus' name. Amen. If I was to send a box of fine china and was going to pack it up and mail it to someone, what would you think I would stamp on the outside of that box? Fragile. Fragile. 
fragile. And I would stamp it all over that box. Now, I'm talking to you today about being anti-fragile. If I had that same box with something else on the inside, and it was anti-fragile, I would mark on that box, please mishandle. Please shake it a lot. Please throw it around. Why? Because what's inside the content is anti-fragile. And God wants to make us anti-fragile. That we're not easily broken by life. You know, life throws us a lot of curveballs. Things happen and we wonder, man, why did that happen? I remember I was had gone to early morning prayer, uh, early in the morning, at 6 o'clock in the morning, and I had come home from early morning prayer, and I had happened to borrow a pickup truck from a man in our church who has a car dealership. My car was being in the shop, and I said, Joe, can I borrow a car? He said, well, i got this little pickup truck. You can drive it. I've already got it sold, but uh, you can drive it home and just bring it back when you finish with it. So I had early morning prayer, had a great time in prayer, pulled that truck up in my driveway, sits on a little hill, and I hopped in the shower, was going to get ready to go back to church. And all of a sudden, while I was in the shower, my wife comes running in, says, Sonny, Sonny, what? Your truck has rolled down the driveway and has hit another truck. Oh, no. And I get out, that little truck had rolled down the driveway and had just clipped another truck that was passing by. And didn't do much damage, but you could see a little damage. And I was thinking, oh, no, I borrowed that truck. Oh, alas, Lord, it was borrowed. And now I, I've got to call Joe. He's already got it sold. He's sending it to Oklahoma. And look what's happened. And I asked myself, Lord, why did this happen? I just went to prayer. Everything was great. And then this happened. And on top of that, the man who was driving by was a neighbor not too far down. And when he got out of the truck, he had his cup of coffee, and we were just talking. He said, no big deal. But then I got a letter in the mail that said, you're being sued by this gentleman. He hurt his neck in this accident. I said, oh, no. And he's suing you for more than what your insurance is going to pay, so he's probably going to come after you. But gratefully, he settled for whatever the insurance paid him. And uh, every time I drove by his house, I just said, Lord, bless him, bless him, bless him, you know. Uh, but things happen in life, don't they? And, and things just happen, and you wonder, why did that happen? And sometimes if we're not careful, we become fragile. And those things that sometimes the devil, it, sometimes it's not big things, it's just little things that the devil, have you ever had that will just kind of poke at you? He just kind of pokes you, just seeing if he can get a rise out of you. See if he gets you to say something that you know is not Christian to say. Uh, every once in a while, I've been around people who, and I myself have been poked one too many times, and something comes out, and I say, ooh, where did that come from? That wasn't Christian. You know, or I get around people, ooh, that wasn't, uh, that wasn't in the spirit. And that's what the devil does sometimes. He's trying to break us. Well, in 1980, 
a group of scientists and environmentalists uh, built a dome, a glass dome uh, in the desert, large glass dome. And they pumped in purified air and purified water, and they put the right dirt that would be great for growing things, and they filled that glass dome with animals and plants, and even people came to live under that glass dome in this perfect living environment. But months and months passed, and they noticed something. The trees that they planted would all grow to a certain height, then they would just fall over. And they thought, man, what is happening? There is, this is a perfect environment for growing things. What is up with this? The trees are just dying. They're just falling over and dying. And after a little research, they discovered something. One thing they did not pump in was wind, rain, and storms. They found out that trees get stronger when the wind is the highest. Trees get stronger when the rains come and the storms blow in. That's what makes a tree stronger so it can withstand the storms that are out there in our world. I read that story and I thought about us, that God has made us in such a way that the storms of life, and God allows them to come our way, but it's not to destroy us. It's not to break us. It's to make us stronger. Actually, I wrote this down. Uh, in uh, the trees, the roots go deeper. The branches that hinder the growth are knocked off. Therefore, the tree gets stronger through adversity, not by keeping it from adversity. It was in this environment where it was kept from all adversity, but it didn't thrive. What a great biblical truth. We as believers grow stronger through adversity, not when we're kept from adversity. You know that? We don't like adversity. We don't like trouble. We don't like trials. We don't like testing. We don't like it. And we say, well, if, we, if you had enough faith, you wouldn't have to go through that. But that is not biblical. If you take your Bibles, and I wish you would, turn with me to James chapter 1. James chapter 1. I understand this a little bit more. James chapter 1 and verse 2. James is writing and he says, My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience or endurance, steadfastness. Your roots grow deeper. But let patience have its complete work that you may be complete, lacking nothing. So you'll have no defect. Look over at First uh, Peter. James said, count it all joy. Peter writes this in First Peter chapter 1 and verse 6, in this greatly rejoice. James said rejoice. Peter says, I want you to greatly rejoice, though now for a little while, if need be, you've been grieved by various trials, that the genuineness of your faith being much more precious than gold that perishes, though it is tested by fire, may be found to the praise, honor, and glory at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Count it joy. 
greatly rejoice, Peter said, when you go through these testing, because something is happening. You may not see it, you may not feel it, but something is happening. What's happening? Your roots are going deeper. You don't understand it sometimes, but you're actually getting stronger. Now, I'm just going to, I have these uh, scriptures written down, and they may pop up on the screen, but Psalm 1, 3. Uh, Blessed is the man, well, Psalm 1 is one of my favorite psalms. Blessed is the man that walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law doth he meditate day and night. Did you get that? He shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that brings forth its fruit in its season. Its leaves shall not wither, and whatsoever he does shall, what? Prosper or mature. It's not for everybody. It's for those who are meditating in the Word of God. Those that are not listening to the world. Boy, have you ever listened to what the world is saying, especially right now? Matter of fact, I want us to stop right here in this service. I read an article, and some of you may have read this, where there are several witches gathering together, and they're about to speak a curse over President Trump. They're going to curse him. Well, the Bible says a curse causes will not light. But you know what I think the church needs to do? We need to counteract the curse with a blessing from God. So can we just stop right now? Regardless of where you voted for President Trump or not, he is our president. And we need to speak a blessing over he and his family and his children. Can we do that right now over our nation? Lord, we just stop for a moment in this message. And Lord, we understand what the enemy wants to do. But Lord, I'm declaring greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. Lord, I'm declaring that on the cross you defeated the devil. He has no right. He has no power. He has no unsettled claim against us. And Lord, we as the church, we are the blessers. And Lord, we send a blessing, Lord, toward President Trump, toward his family, toward our Senate, toward the Congress, toward Washington. Lord, we speak a blessing. And we declare the curse spoken by witches or anyone else will not light. Lord, this nation will be a blessed nation. And people will see it. And want to be a part of it for your glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, just continue to send forth those blessings. They do make a difference. Jeremiah 17, 7 and 8. Blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord, whose hope is in the Lord. For he shall be like a, what? Tree planted by waters, which spreads out its roots by the river, and will not fear when heat comes. But its leaves will be green, and will he not be anxious in the year of drought, nor will he cease yielding fruit. You don't have to be afraid of the drought. You know, sometimes we go through life, and sometimes in our relationship with God, sometimes we go through some dry times. You've ever been through some dry times with the Lord? That you go into His presence, or maybe you come to church, and everybody's worshiping God, and everybody's having a great time, but you're sitting there going, man, I don't feel nothing. Can I say something to you? I have too. Again, I was the pastor. There's times I've stood up to preach. I didn't feel God's presence. I was in a dry season. And there were times I would be 
preaching and I didn't feel his presence and sense his presence. And I would sometimes say, Lord, where are you? There were times I'd go to early morning prayer. Just nothing was stirring me to pray. But I got on my knees anyway and said, Lord, I, I don't feel anything, but I know I'm supposed to be right here. So I'm just going to talk to you a little bit. Or sometimes I just wouldn't say anything. I was going through a dry time. And here, Jeremiah says, you don't have to fear those dry times because something is happening. Why? Because you're planted by rivers of water. And even when the river dries up, your roots go down deep, deep, deep till it finds the water necessary for it to survive. You will not fear. You will always, your leaves will be green and you won't be anxious about what's going on around you. Psalm 92 verse 12. The righteous shall flourish like a palm tree. He shall grow like a cedar in Lebanon. Those who are planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish in the courts of our God. Oh, that's an important part of that verse. Those who are what? Planted where? In the house of the Lord. You know, there's a lot of people, especially today, who do not think the church is that important. I can be a Christian, but I don't have to attend church. I can just worship the Lord wherever I'm at. And that is true. Or I can just turn on my computer and, or turn on my television. And I, as I talked to someone, they told me, I said, where are you going to church? Oh, I, I don't attend a church, but Joel Osteen is my pastor. I said, is that right? I said, I love Joel Osteen, and I listen to him, but he can't be your pastor. You don't live in Houston. You live a long way from there. And I guarantee you, if you were to call him to come running when you're in need, he's probably not going to show up. And he can't be your pastor. Now, he can be your encourager. He can teach you the Word of God, but he can't be your pastor. Because you've got to be planted in the house of the Lord. Because you know what we are? We are a body, and we need each other. And the only way we're going to grow, and the only way my body, if I sever my finger from my body, it's going to die. And some people think, well, I, I don't have to be a part of the church to grow. Well, you can be a Christian, but you cannot be a growing Christian and not be planted in the house of God. Those who are planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish in the courts of our God. They shall still bear fruit in old age. Glory to God. I like that verse more than I've ever liked that verse nowadays. They'll bear fruit in old age. They shall be fresh and flourishing. I claim that one. I, I do that. I get in prayer and I said, Lord, this is a promise. I'm going to bear fruit as I get older and I'm going to be fresh and I'm going to be flourishing. So I can declare that the Lord is upright. He's my rock. There's no unrighteousness in Him. You know what the palm tree it's, it's the date palm. Listen to this. The date palm having deep roots and even flourishes in the desert, growing tall and living long, producing dates, sugar, wine, honey, oil, resin, rope, thread, tannin, which is used in leather making and makes wines dry, whatever that means. I don't know what a dry wine is or a wet one, but that's what it does. And it, it also, that date, palm tree creates dye stuff they dye things with it produces seed that feed cattle leaves that used to make roofs fences mats and baskets the fruit even gets sweeter as the tree gets older bearing fruit in old age so i'm declaring i'm going to get sweeter and sweeter as the days go by so 
you're, you're going to pray that's true, don't you, that I get sweeter and sweeter. Psalm 58, verse 8. But I'm going to be like a green olive tree in the house of the God. I trust in the mercy of God forever and ever. I will praise you forever, for you've done it. In the presence of the saints, I will wait on your good name, for it is good. Oh, I like that verse. That's what we did here this morning. We waited on the presence of God, because His name is good. Hosea 14, 6, His branches shall spread, His beauty shall be like an olive tree, and His fragrance like lightning. Can I say something to you? Tribulation, trials, testing, adversity. It's not supposed to harm a believer. It's actually to make us stronger. It's actually to make us anti-fragile. I was thinking of some folks that I know that are anti-fragile. One of those is Joyce Myers. I love Joyce Myers. How about you? You listen to her. If you ever, you just listen to her testimony. Joyce Myers is one who is anti-fragile. What happened? All her adversity, all the abuse that she went through as a child by her father, all the sexual abuse, all of it she went through. She looks back on it now. Though it wasn't a good thing, it was an awful thing. She looks back on it now and says, look what God did with all of that adversity. She goes, I look back now and I said, I wouldn't give it all up for anything because what happened then has brought me to where I am now. Now she's able to help literally thousands upon thousands of people to also become what? Anti-fragile. What the enemy meant to destroy her and kill her and put her in a great state of depression, maybe in a hospital somewhere, never to get out. God used it all to make her anti-fragile. So now she can get up and she can talk about it and she can bring healing to many, many people. I got another one. It just happened to be ladies. I'll tell you about a lady that was in our church or was a member of our church. Her name is Loretta, Loretta Cole. Loretta, at the age of 65, her husband passed away. And Loretta, after she got through the dilemma of that, she thought to herself, what do I want to do with my life? And she felt something on the inside. I want you to go back to school. So she went to Christ for the Nations graduated from Christ for the Nations. Now she's close to 70. She was close to 70 at that time, and they talked her into going to on a mission trip, and she ended up going with a group of people to Africa. And While she was in Africa, something just happened. Just a light came on, and she began to fall in love with the African people. And she would travel to Africa. She'd come home and travel to Africa and come back home. And Then she said, Pastor, I think I'm going to go for a month this time. She'd go for a month come back home and stay a while, and then she'd go back. And then a few years ago, she said, Pastor, I, I sense God's calling me to move to Africa. I've got an opportunity. I'm going to go build a Bible school. I'm going to go preach in villages. And she went. She was in her 70s, and she went to Africa, and she would get on the back of motorcycles and bicycles, and she would uh, go into villages and, preach and teach the Word of God, and then she'd travel back miles upon miles on the back of a motorcycle. Now she, this year, turned 81 years old, and she's still in Africa. A couple of years ago, she told us, she goes, Pastor, let me tell you what I did. I got on a barge. 
Now, this barge was just a, it was just a barge. There was not anything else on it, just an open barge. And she traveled two days down the river. Now, think about this. She's 78 or 79 at this time. And she travels down this barge for two days. There were no restroom facilities. Two days down the barge. She gets off the barge. She walks about three miles. And she's met with a line of African people welcoming her to their village. There she preaches for a few days, and then she gets back on the barge, two days back down the river to her home. She is what I call, I said, Loretta, you are my shero. She is what I call anti-fragile. All the trouble she, and recently she posted on Facebook, she got bit by spider. And the spiders of Africa are pretty menacing looking. And I mean, she showed a picture of her bite on her leg. and Oh, man, I could hardly look at it. She goes, just pray for me. I got this spider bite. And then right after that, she contacts this pastor. She was laying in bed. She goes, I, I got malaria now. Pray for me. Got a spider bite. She's got malaria. She posted the other day. She says, you know, I'm going through some trials here. Just pray for me. And all of a sudden, she broke out in a praise worship song, scripture song. I said, ooh, that lady is anti-fragile. She's stronger than I am. And she's 81, still living in Africa. She started her second Bible school. What an awesome thing. And I look at her and I say, man, I have nothing to complain about. Loretta, remember her as you pray. But time does not allow me to tell you about Joseph and all the stuff that he went through. He was anti-fragile. David, as he was taking care of his little sheep out in the wilderness and he killed a lion and a bear, he didn't know why he was doing all that, but God was making him anti-fragile so one day he could face Goliath. One day he could lead a nation. Then we could talk about Peter and we could talk about Paul. We could talk about the New Testament church. I've been reading through the book of Acts. As I'm reading through the book of Acts, I'm noticing something. Every time persecution broke out in the church, what happened? The church grew in number. They began to, the Lord says, they added to the church daily those that were being saved. Then they began to multiply. And it says the church was under persecution and they were scattered and they went everywhere preaching the word. God working miracles, signs and wonders as they went and preached. So what the enemy meant to stop them imprison them, stop their voice. It really empowered them. So they are what we call anti-fragile. Tribulations, trials, testing, adversity do not harm us as believers, but actually make us stronger and make us anti-fragile. Give me that picture right there if you would. Uh, Here's my little, y'all bear with me here on my little... Uh, illustration. I'll just put that down. It's still pretty cold. Let's just put it in here. Woo! I like milk. It look good. Milk. Milk does a body good. I, I got sick for about two weeks, a week or so ago, and something... 
I begin to pray over my body and I begin to pray over my bones because I realize my bone marrow is what creates the white blood cells that creates the antibodies that fights off the disease in your body. And man, I begin to have a desire for milk. I didn't drink, I didn't drink a lot of milk. Well, I begin to drink milk, milk. Why? Because it strengthens the bones. That's what I've always heard. I believe them. And I begin to drink that milk. Now listen, I got milk right here. Good old white milk. And if I pour in this stuff right here, did that make that chocolate milk? Does that make that chocolate milk? Does it look like chocolate milk? What's it going to take to make that chocolate milk? Oh, we got it. Hang on. Oh, yeah. It's, it's, ooh, look at that. That's a little bit chocolate. It, let's, let's just do a little bit more. Ooh, somebody said, yeah. Look at this. Yeah, we're getting some chocolate. What did it take to get, get that white milk to become chocolate milk? What did it take? Took some stirring, didn't it? You know, the pastor, this, this represents your pastor. He comes in and he pours in the Word of God each Sunday and Wednesday. and Maybe you get in a class and you're hearing the Word of God and it's just poured into you. But you know what? It doesn't change you until there is a stirring. Until there is a stirring. And we wonder, man, what is going on in my life? Well, there's a stirring going on. You know why there's a stirring? Because God's put some stuff in you and it's not activated. It permeates your spirit, your soul, and your body till there's a stirring that takes place. Till there's a shaking that takes place. And some of you are being shaken. Some of you are being stirred. And some of you are saying, why is this happening? God says, there's some things in you that need to be permeated throughout your body. It can't happen unless there's a shaking. You can get the truth of the Word of God, but you don't know if it's really working in your life until you go out and find some trouble, face some trouble. And just to see if the Word of God comes up or if something else comes up. All right, I got some chocolate milk here. Uh, where are the kids? Y'all want some chocolate milk? Come on up here. Come on, I, I got some. It's okay if you ought to have it. Woo, some chocolate. Can, can you have some chocolate milk? They want some chocolate milk? Come on, man. Let's get some chocolate milk. Oh, man. That chocolate milk. I mean, you want, don't spill it on the carpet now. I'll get in trouble. Pastor Sam, get on to some chocolate milk. I got more. I'll run out here. There you go. Ooh, mouth is watering. There you go. Let's put on that pretty dress now. There you go. All right, look. Huh? Didn't specify how old. No, I didn't say that. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, woo, that's good. You 
You know what God is putting in this congregation each and every week? The Word of God that's going in, power of God that's going in. It's like that, we're like that, like that milk. It gets poured into us and there comes a shaking and a stirring. And the world out there needs what you've got. So it's going to strengthen them. When they see you going through things, like they go through things, but you go through it differently. When you go through something that is, it is almost devastated one person, but you go through it and you still got a smile on your face, they're going to look at you and say, how can you go through that and not feel depressed? How do you do that? Don't you realize what's going on around us? Or maybe you have the death of a loved one and you walk through that valley without any fear. When other people walk through that valley and they just, they don't ever get out of the valley. But you walk through that valley with your head held high knowing that God has put something in you that He hadn't put in those who do not know Him. But what's in you, they need. Because it's going to strengthen them. And sometimes, all the time, you've got to walk through the valley before you get to the table. He put that in after you walk through the valley, then there's a table prepared for you. But you've got to walk through the valley to get to the table that's been prepared for you. So there's a stirring, and I put this in my notes, you've got to stir yourself. Isaiah 64, 7 says, God looked down, He said, why is anyone stirring themselves up to take a hold of me? Sometimes we've got to stir ourselves up, take a hold of God. And then Paul said to Timothy in 2 Timothy 1, 6, he said, stir up, Timothy, that gift. That's inside of you. And then Hebrews 10, 24 says, we must stir up one another. Do not forsake assembling together as a matter of some is, but we're to be around each other so we can stir each other up to love and to good works. So we got to stir ourselves. we got to stir up the gift that God's put within us, and we got to stir each other up. So that's why we gather like this, so we can stir each other up. 1 Peter 2, 2, like newborn babes, desire the pure milk of the Word that you may grow thereby. I want you to become anti-fragile. I don't want you to fall apart when trouble comes. Because I want to say something. The Bible says, if we live in this world, we're going to have tribulation. Jesus said, watch out, I'm going away. When I go away, guess what? They hated me, they're going to hate you. They persecuted me, they're going to persecute you. And so we're living in the end times, and I've always wanted to live in the end times. Didn't you? Ooh, I want to be there right about the time Jesus is going. But I didn't know what it was going to look like. I don't like the end times. You read about it in the Bible. It's going to be a lot of trouble. Earthquakes. Fires, all kinds of things are going to be going on. Things are happening that you don't understand. But it's the end times. What do you expect? But guess what? I'm declaring that you're going to be anti-fragile. And what troubles other people is going to strengthen you. You're going to be strengthened. I'll just give it, and I, I'll just end it this way. Number one, you've got to be, to be anti-fragile, you've got to be planted in the house of God. You've got to be planted in the house of God. Number two, you've got to grow deep in the Word of God. You've got to grow deep in the Word of God. And there's plenty of opportunity to do that right now. 
Number three, you've got to welcome, oh, this is a big one, you've got to welcome the pruning of God. Jesus said, I love you. John 15, he said, you know what? He said, I want you to bear fruit. Matter of fact, I want you to bear much fruit. And for you to do that, I'm going to have to come every once in a while, and I'm going to have to prune you. And pruning is not fun. Testing and trials and tribulation, God allows it. It prunes us so we can bear much fruit. We've got to welcome the pruning of God, testing trials and tribulation. And pruning will come through people. It will come through circumstances. It will just simply come through living life. And in the midst of pruning, what do we got to do? Woo, rejoice, James said. Greatly rejoice, said Peter. And then two more verses and then I'm through. I'm going to pray for you. 2 Corinthians chapter 6. 2 Corinthians chapter 6 and verse 4. I went through my Bible. And if you go through my Bible, you'll see things marked in yellow. That has to do with persecution, testing, and trials. And every time I'm going through something, I go through those and just read it, and it encourages my heart. But Paul wrote these words, But in all things we commend ourselves as ministers of God, in much patience, in tribulations, in needs, in distresses, in stripes, imprisonments, in tumults, in labors, in sleeplessness, in fastings, by purity, by knowledge, by long-suffering, by kindness, by the Holy Spirit, by sincere love, by the word of truth, by the power of God, by the armor of righteousness on the right and on the left, by honor and dishonor, by evil report and good report, as deceivers yet true, as unknown yet well known, as dying yet behold we live, as chastened yet not killed, as sorrowful yet always rejoicing, as poor yet making many rich, as having nothing yet possessing all things. Oh, I like that. Paul said, I've learned that in my weakness... I discover his strength. So Paul said in chapter 12, I glory in my weakness so God's strength can be manifested through me. Paul, Peter, James, and John, and all the disciples in the Bible were all what I call anti-fragile. They didn't get broken by the world. They got strengthened by what's going on in the world around them. And so today I want to pray for you. And I want to pray that God, by His grace, and He's going to do this, makes you anti-fragile. Some of you are fragile right now. If somebody said something to you the wrong way, you might just fall apart. Well, I want to pray that all change. That regardless of what you hear going on in the world, regardless of what you hear out of Washington, regardless of what you hear about going on in the Middle East, Regardless of what you hear on your job, you're going to stand strong. Because why? You're anti-fragile. You're, going to be able to, you're not just going to survive. You're going to thrive in the midst of it. Can we pray together? Can we do Here's my invitation. If you would like prayer that you would become anti-fragile, I want you to just come and join me in this altar. That's my invitation right there. If you just say, I just want to, man, I'd love to be anti-fragile. I'm, I'm standing here. I'm in this altar myself because I'm praying for myself. I want to be anti-fragile. I want to be strong in the Lord and the power of His might. I want to go through the valley without any fear. 
Doesn't mean I might not wonder, oh, what's going on here? But just be reminded of this verse. There's a stirring going on so the power of God can permeate your life so you can make a difference in the world in which we live. Lord, I'm grateful for Church on the Rock North and the work that you're doing right here in these people. Lord, the work that you're doing in this body of believers. and Lord, we stand in this altar and I stand here with them. Lord, praying today that we as your people become anti-fragile. Lord, that we're energized by the testing and the trials and the tribulations we face in this world. Lord, that we're not broken by it, but we're strengthened by it. Lord, I pray that over my life. Would you just pray for yourself? Lord, make me anti-fragile. Make me strong. In the power of your mind. Lord, do that. Lord, let your word that's in me be stirred within me, Lord, so I can make a difference in the world in which we live. Lord Jesus. Lord Jesus. I don't know if there's anyone in this room that has never given your heart to Jesus. Or maybe you've been away from the Lord and you're sensing and a calling to come home. The Lord says He wants you to know that He loves you so much. He put this desire in your heart to be here this morning. And He wants you to know that He's waiting for you like the father waiting for his prodigal son or daughter just waiting waiting for you to come home he's ready to kill the fatted calf and put a ring on your finger and a robe around your shoulders he's ready for you come a part of the family again Lord, I pray for anyone that may be here that's in that state right now. They've been away. They want to come home. Lord, I pray for them right now. Lord, right now, if that's you, if you're in this room right now and you said, man, I'm ready to come home to the Lord. Been away, I want to come home. Would you just lift up your hand right now? And you say, I want to come home to the Lord. Thank you. Lord, in the name of Jesus, I'm grateful. Lord, sometimes we just kind of wander down the wrong path. Sometimes the enemy just hits us and we become fragile. But Lord, you're changing that today. Lord, you're bringing us back home. You're restoring what the enemy meant to destroy us. Lord, is going to strengthen us. Lord, I declare that in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. If you do not have a church home, everybody just open your eyes. I don't know who's here visiting with us today. If you do not have a church home, it is a must that you get planted in the house of God. A local body of believers. And you're here today.
And the Lord may be speaking to you, and I need to become a part of this fellowship. You may want to come back next Sunday, friends and family day. You may want to say, man, I need to do this right now. I just need to come home. And I'm going to be here in the altar when this is all over with. And we're just going to, and I, I just welcome you. Be a part of Church on the Rock North because something good is happening in this house. Something good. Come and see. Josh, come up here. And if that's you, somebody says, Josh, raise your hand. Real high, okay? That's Josh right there. And you say, man, I just, I need to know more about this church. See what's going on. Man, see, see Josh right here. And he'll tell you what's going on in this house. But you're going to hear about it. It's going to happen. Because this church is going to become what? Anti-fragile. It's not going to be broken by what's going on in the world. It's going to become stronger and stronger for the glory of God. Amen? Amen. Well, Thank you, Pastor Sonny. Woo, was that good or what? All right, y'all want to go back to your seat? We got just a couple of things we're going to do before we go. I just want to thank you, Sonny, for coming and sharing the Word of God with us today. Susan, you and Sonny are lifelong friends, and we cherish you both. And, you know, just as that chocolate turned that milk uh, into chocolate milk, it, it changed the milk, didn't it? And that's what I love about the Word of God. When we plant ourselves in the Word of God and let it fill us, it changes us. And I just love what the Word of God does for us. And you know what? We love to see people in our church changed by what God does in their life and the Word of God in their life. And each week we've been trying to show a video testimony about that very thing, about how the Word of God changes our lives and how God changes our lives. So I want you to take note of Kobe Bryant's testimony and just see what he has to say. So, my name is Kobe Bryant, and I've been coming to Church Around North for two and a half years now, off and on. I've been a Christian for since I was about 13 years old. Before my relationship with Jesus, um, most people's stories doesn't start at, at their birth, but, but for me it does. Um, I remember um, b- before I was born, the uh, doctor said that I, 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 would, I, I, I wasn't going to live, and um, I was in this breathing tent, what they what they call it, is an incubator, and I was plugged up to all kinds of tubes and everything. And I remember there was a church here in here in Beaumont that that knew my situation. They were they were in revival. They were praying, and by faith they called the hospital and said, "Hey, we're believing that the Lord's going to heal Kobe. You can take him out from under the tent." Um, and so, obviously, I'm sitting here in front of this camera talking to you, so <laughs> you know that I'm a walking miracle. I remember uh, I was I was 13 and um, I was in middle school and I had a friend of mine ask me to come to church on a Wednesday night and I thought that was the dumbest thing ever um, because I didn't know people went to church on Wednesdays other than Sunday mornings and so I, I remember I was in this dark room and people were playing like loud music and they were raising their hands and it was just really weird and so I, I actually found myself in the back corner of the room uh, just kind of sitting down on the wall because I was so scared and terrified from my past and from things that I've seen and done from my mom and just some issues that happened from that. And uh, Tyler saw, saw me in the corner and he came over to me and he said, hey man, you know, um, God's not giving you the spirit of fear, but a power of love and a, and a sound mind. And I remember in that moment, it's like, you know, no, I, I didn't pray, pray any uh, fancy prayer or anything like that. It's like just somebody turned a light on 
in this dark room and, and I got Jesus like a, he like he found me in my darkest moment. My my life is completely different. Not only did Jesus bring life to me physically, but he gave me life spiritually as well. So now I'm a walking, breathing miracle of of him. And so that, that's my story. Amen. Well, that's what we've been doing, showing and telling. And Kobe, oh, that blessed us so much. We loved hearing your testimony and how you glorify God and give him credit for all that he's done in your life. And it really edified us and encouraged us this morning. So isn't it wonderful when we give our testimonies, when we show and tell others about what God has done in our life, how it really can affect them and they can realize, you know what, I want to believe in the Lord that you talk about because you know, I really need him in my life as well. What would we do without the Lord? He is our hope. Amen. Hallelujah.